anything different that I'm going to say, you might as well. Okay. Is that, isn't that what they say, Rabbi? That they say that's yes. the, that is the ultimate proof that was given, the Torah was given by God because they all heard him. Yes. But how do we know that? Okay, so um, I think that there's two parts of the question, and I'll try to uh, separate them for, for, for everyone. I think your question was, number one, how do you know that, that Moses is the greatest prophet? That was question number one. And question number two, how do we know that he was even a prophet? No, no, I get that. Okay, so, um, so when we say that Moses is the greatest prophet, let's first source that. Um, we could source it in the, uh, the Talmud in Givamas, uh, 60, 69a or b, 69 somewhere, uh, brought down in the Ramban in, in chapter 17, uh, verse 1 of Genesis. Moshe Rabbeinu Nesnave Ba'aspaklaria Mi'ira. Moses, um, all prophets, Kol Vim Nesnave Ba'aspaklaria Sheena Mi'ira. Moshe Rabbeinu Nesnave Ba'aspaklaria Mi'ira. All the prophets gave prophecy with in, in unclear fashion, mm-hmm. as opposed to Moses gave clear fashion. We know face to face he spoke to God. That's, that's source number one. Source number two, um, you'll find all the prophets, prophets, Bikoyamar, so said God, right? As opposed to Moses gave a prophecy of Zehadavar. This is the thing. So, um, two sources where we see that the, that the nature of Moses' prophecy was different than the, than the nature of the, prophe- the prophecies of the other prophets. Uh, Maimonides, in his, in his famed 13 Principles of Faith, uh, that he writes in the introduction to the last chapter of, of Sanhedrin, in the, in the Pirish Mishnah, in the commentary of the Mishnah, he writes 13 principles of faith. One of the principles is to believe that Moses is the father of all prophets, which is a seemingly strange uh, statement. What does it mean, father of all prophets? He, he fathered them? What about the ones who came before him? What about Abraham? What does it mean that Moses is the father of all, of all prophets? So we see, Moses is a higher level. That's question number one that you had. Question number two is, how do we know that Moses... Well, how do we know that Moses... How do we know that the, that the Israelites, or the, or the Jews, that actually heard... Okay, so that is because it says in the Torah. It says in the Torah. How do we know that that's true? Well, so is, is the question specifically how do we know that any part of the Torah is true, or how do we know no, that, no, no, that, or specifically that part? The thing, according to what I know, is that we were there and we heard. Yes. How do we know that? Well, how? Because it says in the Torah? Yes. That's the only. It says in the Torah, it's been believed by the, for the Jews for millennia. How do we know that Abraham Lincoln existed? No one ever saw him. Uh, well, it's it's the kind of thing where we have uh, a documentation of uh, two million people who who saw a, a an unbelievable event and they passed it to their children and it's impossible to falsify. Um, and I think this is actually this is this this demonstrates the difference between the the verification of our religion and the verification of other religions. Yeah, our religion, right? Our religion started off with a national prophecy, and what was the prophecy? Where the Jews saw, well, they, they heard the, two, the first two of the Ten Commandments from God. They had experienced national prophecy. But also, they heard that God called up Moses. And he said, Moshe, aleha hahar, Moshe, come up to the mountain. Right? And then all the Jews saw it. And hence, when Moshe comes back and says, here are the laws, here are the rules, here are the restrictions, here is that if you can't collect sticks, twigs, and Shabbos, and if you do collect twigs and Shabbos, you're going to be killed. And they didn't say, hey, he, this guy's a lunatic. They said, oh. Moses is a prophet. He must. He, I, I better. Better. We better accept what he says. Remember, the Torah is a lots of laws and lots of rules. If the Jews, if the Jews thought that Moses was a charlatan, um, they wouldn't have accepted it.
the Jews obviously believed it, and that's why we know the Jews have, um, uh, across history, have accepted it um, without, 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 any, uh, without any doubt. But I think specifically this point, these two questions, which you asked, they're inter- the answer to them is interrelated. We, when we see a prophet, when someone says to us, when, when, when I wake up tomorrow morning, I, say, I, come, I call everyone and say, I'm a prophet, believe in me, I spoke to God, God spoke to me. What do you ask me? What's the question you asked me? How, how do you know? How do you know? Oh, how do I know? <laughs> how, do, how do you know? You know. But how do I know you're not lying to me? Yeah, that's it. That's the question. And when Joseph Smith comes to us in New York and he says to us, hey, I asked, the, the angel showed me the golden tablets. And what do we say? How do you know? Maybe you're lying. Oh, it was written in Reformed Egyptian and, and here's the translation, Book of Mormon. How do we know you're not lying? And when Muhammad comes to us in, in Mecca Medina in, six, uh, well, in the year of what, 600, and says to us, oh, I'm a prophet. I'm actually the last prophet of Allah. Muhammad Rasul Allah, we all know that. Hey, believe me, or else I'm going to slaughter you. What do we say to him? Please don't slaughter us, but how do we know you're not lying? When Paul comes to us and says, oh, I met Jesus on the way to Damascus, what do we ask him? How do we know you're not lying? Uh-huh. It's his word versus my word. Right. It's his word versus Rabbi Wolby's word. It's his word versus Susan. Everyone could say... Just as well as Muhammad can, or Joseph Smith, I had a prophecy. It's not verified. And you know what? If Abraham came to us, if we lived in the time of Abraham, and Abraham says to us, I spoke to God, what do we say to Abraham? Perfect. How do we know you're aligned? Right? Moses, we all experienced. Everyone who was there experienced God calling Moses, Alehalahar. Moses was called a verified prophet. Right? I'm a verified nonprofit. Mo- <laughs> Torch is a verified nonprofit. Everyone heard. And there's <laughs> Felicitation to be coming. Um, the Torah clearly says, and it's been clearly accepted for over the years, that all the Jews saw Moshe being called up to the mountain, and Moshe going up to the mountain, coming back 40 days later with the Torah. The Jews were not worshipping the, the golden calf at the time where Moses was getting the Torah. That's a mistake popularized by 1956 movie by the title Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments. It's actually not true. If you read the Torah, look at the Torah at the, in the middle of Exodus and at, towards the beginning of Deuteronomy where it talks twice, it says over the story of how the Jews got the Torah or the, the, Mount, the Mount Sinai experience. It clearly says that everyone saw, everyone experienced, sorry for staring at you, everyone saw and everyone experienced the same thing. <laughs> Moses is a verified prophet. Okay, that's how we know that Moses is a prophet. It's a it's a historical fact that's uh, beyond repute, incontrovertible, totally true, and impossible to falsify. It's not possible to falsify. Now, now, so let me finish this point. Because Moses is a, ver- a verified prophet, therefore he's the father of all prophets. When Abraham comes to us and says, "I'm a prophet," we say, "How do we know?" But when Moses comes to us and tells us Abraham is a prophet, then we believe. He's the father of all prophets. Because Moses is a verified prophet, he can verify other prophets. All the other prophets that, we, that exist, we only believe that they exist because Moses told us they exist. Hence, the answer to both your questions. You Dave. Thanks. Well, can uh, I ask another question? Oh, is it the same point? Or, well, anyone has any questions on that point? Uh-huh. Yes. Oh, you go on. My question is, when Moses got the Ten Commandments, they were on Moses didn't. Moses didn't get the Ten Commandments. He did? No. So he was shown no. wrong. No, no, no. no. When the Jews were by, by, by Sinai, the entire Jews experienced, they heard it. Well, they actually saw it and heard it. But they had a, a, profe- a, a, a prophetic 
um, revelation of the Ten Commandments. Forty days later, Moses comes back with tablets that have the Ten, the Ten Commandments um, etched in them. But they didn't get it from the tablet. They got it. They had the experience where they heard the Ten Commandments, and then they heard Moshe Lehalahar. That, that was the souvenir. Uh, but yes, but afterwards he came back with the physical tablets. So then, how were the six hundred and thirteen commandments conveyed? That's a lot of commandments. Well, it was to, yeah. Well, Moses had prophecy. God told him there's six hundred thirteen or general categories of, of rules you have to follow, and he taught them to Moses. So and then Moses taught. It? Then Moses taught it to Aaron. Then Moses taught it to Aaron and Joshua. And then Moses taught it to Aaron, Joshua, and all the leaders. And Moses taught it to Aaron, Joshua, all the leaders, and all the Jewish people. And they learned with, with, with groups, the group study, you guys to teach, you don't understand. And that's why when Yisro, when Jethro comes to the Jewish people and he's, he sees, whoa, whoa, everyone's going to ask Moses questions, right? Last week's parasha. He says, they break it up into different schools. And, and you know, they have it a very, they had a very dynamic, remember, they're by Mount Sinai for how long? How long were by Mount Sinai for? How long were the Jews by Mount, by Mount Sinai? Forty years. Forty years? No, no. not quite. But they were there for almost a year, uh, a shade less than a year. They were there for a long, long time. What did they do there? They studied. Did they have iPads? No. Did they watch television? No. Did they listen to the radio? No. What did they do? They studied Torah. That's what they did. That's what they did. So yeah, it was when all else fails. <laughs> when all else fails. <laughs> it's yes. That's that's what they did. They studied Torah. Um, so that's how they uh, they learned they learned they learned uh, the loss. Yes. Good question. Oh, me? Yeah. Oh. Okay, but uh, we we have seen the grave of Abraham, but where is the grave of Moses? So you know we have proof that Abraham is you know we need proof about Moses. Well, <laughs> have you seen the grave of Genghis Khan or better yet, have you seen the grave of? Uh, have you seen the grave of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart? Have you seen the grave? Yeah? Mm-hmm. Has anyone here ever seen the grave of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart? Does anybody know anybody who's ever seen the, ga- the, the grave of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart? Huh? Well, naturally, it is nowhere because Mo- Mozart was, was buried as a common person in a, in a national, in a, in a, in a as a, as a pauper, and, no, and, and those graves were dug up after 10 years. Nobody knows where he's buried. So does that mean he didn't exist? No. Well, how do we know he didn't exist? Well, we what we have is documents. How do you know he didn't exist? We have his documents. And we have all, much more than that. We have the testimony of the millions of people who, who saw him, who witnessed it. Seeing a graveyard doesn't mean anything. And it says in the Torah, it says that no man will know where Moses is buried. There's another aspect, is that because Moses wrote the Torah himself by the word of God and gave it to the people, right? Before he passed away, the last thing he did was he wrote 13 Torah scrolls. One, which went into the temple, which was in the center of the camping of the Jews, of the encampments. And each one of the 12 tribes got a copy of the Torah. Right? Now, in that Torah, and we've said this here before, imagine I give you a Torah today and I say, I am your God. Okay, no, not Hashem. Me, I'm your God. Okay? Why? Because I've shown you great miracles and I've fed you through the Sahara Desert. And then, when we came to Galveston, to the port of Galveston, you remember all the miracles that we saw with all the, 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 the elephants were jumping? You don't remember? Right? And I write it down. Right? 
Tell this to your children forever and ever, and don't forget that on the 26th of September you make a Seder. Right? To remember this. What are you going to do with this book when I give it to you? There's a trash can right at the corner, right? Right at the way out? Right? You're going to take it, and you're going to politely just throw it out, right? Because that's not true. None of this ever happened. But if I give you a document that tells you, do you remember the ten plagues? Do you remember the splitting of the sea? you remember Moses going up the mountain? you remember what you heard at the mountain? And so on and so forth. And you experienced it. You know everything is true. That's the only way for something, if it's a mass revelation, which is the, the, the lock, which takes that, that public revelation and locks it in because now we have a document that proves it. I can't say that the entire Houston was there because the entire Houston wasn't there. It was only us. Right? So that's, that when you have that document that's publicly distributed, that's why it's so important that it, it was a national revelation. It wasn't just as an individual in Damascus or in, in uh, Mecca. Mecca. Right? And think about it, especially, it, this is compounded, I've always pointed, it's compounded by the fact that this document has lots of rules. Would you accept a document with tons of rules uh, that claim to be divine when you know the guy is a charlatan? Of course not. Only if you saw Moses and you saw and you, you knew these things were true and Moses tells them, don't forget what you saw. It says in the Torah tons of times, you saw it, you experienced it. You wouldn't accept that document to be true and adhere to it and live your life in accordance with it if you, if you didn't know it was verified. You guys agree that Moses was a prophet of prophets, right? Yeah, that was the that was the original point. Right. Yes. Yeah, so he's the original, right? So why, you know, so you know, now we have, you know, he wrote this, he brought down the, you know, he 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 was the one that God gave to bring down the Torah, right, or the inscribed. So why didn't he get to go to Israel? Well, the Torah says that. Well, what the Torah says. The Torah says that. I mean, he was the most famous prophet. You know, he should have been the first one in Israel. Yes. To me, right? um, um, I'll tell you what the Torah says. The Torah says that the Torah is actually very critical of Moses, which is another good point, important point. The Torah, um, many, many, many times, more than any one person in the Torah, Moses is criticized more than anyone else. Um, and that's another, another, another one of the psychological proofs that it couldn't have been. This guy Moses trying to do a self-aggrandization because he wouldn't write such negative things about himself. But one of the things that it says in um, um, uh, Mariva, where is that? I think it's in it's it's it's, it's somewhere in the middle of, uh, of of numbers. It says that when Moses hit the rock, yeah, mm-hmm. Moses hit the rock. Mm-hmm. What did God say? Moses hit the rock. Moses says, "Yan mm-hmm. because you don't believe in me, you're not going to Israel." It says that Moses was punished because of this mistake, and he says, you don't believe in God, you don't go into Israel. See, now the Talmud says that Moses was devastated by this, and he says, make me into a bird so I can fly over, fly over and just see Israel. And uh, he prayed 515 times to go back into Israel. Um, you know, Veschanah, beginning, uh, uh, beginning of Deuteronomy, says over the, he says over the story, and he says that I prayed to God, and God, you know, God said, don't pray anymore. And it, 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 that's what it says. It says that Moses made a mistake, and therefore he was punished by not, going, not being allowed to go into Israel. Um, in the end of Deuteronomy, it says he's, he goes onto that mountain, he overlooks Israel, mm-hmm. he's able to see it, but he, he can't go in. Um, if you look 
a little bit at the more um, at the more mystical uh, words. It says that um, it says that it had Moses gone into Israel, Moses would have been the Messiah, and the world and the world would have come to its completion. It means the idea of the most spiritual person being in the most spiritual place would have been enough to push you know to push humanity over the top. Um, that, that's the more spiritual. But in, 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 you know what the Torah tells us is that he was he made a mistake. Uh, to uh, obviously in his degree, uh, and and therefore he was punished. That's why he wasn't allowed to go into Israel. That's rough. You know, it's really hard to accept Susan, that because it's a really Rabbi, rough life we you have know, here. That guy <laughs> did so many, so much, and he really, you know, it really wasn't fair. But uh, so you, what you're talking about, the last thing that you were talking about, you just mentioned, is that sort of connected with the idea of idolatry that he would have been. He would have been, you know, if he'd been allowed to go there. No, he no, would have no, been, no, 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 I, no. I, I, people I, would have looked at no. him like. No, 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 oh. Susan, no, Susan. What I said is like this. I said, I said two points. I said number one, why was he not allowed to? Oh, yeah, I understand. And that was because he was punished. And I mentioned that the mystical sources say that had he, mm-hmm. not in a negative way, but in actually a very positive thing. Mm-hmm. But had he been allowed to go in, he would have been the Mashiach, and he it would have been a very positive thing. It wasn't saying a negative. It wasn't two reasons. It was one a reason what the Torah says, and two there's a little bit of the mystical flavor. Um, to explain what would have happened. So, yes. Um, so, uh, that, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It was, it's, I do. Yes, I do. it's two, two separate points. The reason is, I, I is, is number one, and two, and two is that, uh, is that uh, what would the circumstances have been um, had Moses gone into Israel? Is this in the same point? New point. Did anyone, anyone has any further questions on the, on the previous point? The last plague where the Egyptians firstborn is going to be killed. Yes. How can that be possible? God does that because He writes in the Ten Commandments, "Thou shall not kill," and then He kills the Egyptian boy. I'm saying my, my grandfather's dead, also, right? It doesn't make sense. What? My grandfather's dead. Well, remember the Ten Commandments are rules for us, right? God has the ultimate strings, and anyone who dies, because God killed him. Anyone who has died in history has died because God killed him. Okay. God enabled his soul and body to be separated. So just like my grandfather died, and just like lots and lots and lots of people in history, and just like we will all die, all of us in this room, um, the basic condition of humanity, that all people die from it, um, that's, that's the reality. But die. He, 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 they were... Murdered, like, they were, they were, yes, yes. The Ten Commandments say that there's rules for for us to follow. Uh, we can't try to figure out why did God do things. We don't understand. Like we can't understand that that we don't have the intellectual capacity to understand why God did things. We see we have a very narrow view of of the world. Uh, we see God doing something. We don't know why, what happened before and what happened afterwards. We have a thin slice of time that we look at. Uh, we don't know what the neshama is all about, what a person's neshama is about. These are things that we don't know. Um, but God, when he killed the first one, was certainly not in conflict with the Ten Commandments. And just like he's not in t- conflict with the Ten Commandments when he kills anyone, any one of us, uh, or any one of, of any, any, any people, any of like, what, there's a million people every day who die? People die all the time. And... Uh, and it's not, it's not, uh, you know, it's not God going against his own word. You know, the, the Talmud says that um, a court, a court, a Jewish court, they were killed once every seven.